Hey, let's talk about the game on Saturday with that team up north. Danny Cannell, National College Football Analyst, is with us, courtesy of Bet Online, where you can bet on the Heisman. I like it. We'll have to ask him about uh, Marvin Harrison. He needs a big game, I think. Danny Cannell, what's going on, man? Hello, Danny. Good morning, sir. What's up? How are we doing today? Good. Uh, man, it is, uh, it's crazy, isn't it, how we're already in the final week of college football? I mean, it's gone by so fast. It's like bittersweet because we had a phenomenal season. I think it's going to finish strong, but I always hate it and love it at the same time because it means we're that much closer to the end of college football season. Yeah, that's true. Do you think that's going to change next year, though, with 12 teams? I think it's only going to be, oh, my God, season's over, which is sad, but then you got a whole new look out of the playoffs. That is an outstanding point, and I love it because you are spot on. It is just another reason. I've been a big proponent of expansion for a while, and I'm thrilled that we're going to get it. I mean, and don't forget, we're going to get home field uh, playoff matchups. It's going to be insane. I cannot wait. Now, there are local fans here, Buckeye fans. I'm a Michigan guy that say that our game, the game, the rivalry, will lose importance when there's 12 teams as opposed to like this coming Saturday where it's winner takes all. Yeah, I could see that case. And I think it is one of the concerns, but I don't think it'll ever like, that's the thing I think that's unique about college football is these rivalries run deep, you know, a hundred years in some cases like this one. And so like, I don't think for the fans, it'll ever lose that. Now it loses importance as far as what's at stake potentially, but even in this expanded playoff, like I would ask you, did it not matter last year because Ohio State still advanced to the playoff? No, I still thought you thought, you know, Ohio State's devastated from losing that game at home. And it's still, you know, there were questions around Ryan Day, which I don't think are warranted, but like the storyline still continued just because Ohio State lost that game and they were still able to get in the playoff and have a national championship opportunity, I don't think took away from it. But I do think that will be a similar storyline you could see unfold. But I would add there could potentially be even more at stake the following years because if it already uh, you know, didn't prohibit you from making the playoff, next year it could prohibit you from getting a bye, potentially a home field playoff True. game. So there still will be plenty at stake with that matchup. And I just think college football is unique where it will always resonate losing or beating your rival will always hold a, ser- a significant amount of weight. When, I, I always enjoy beating Michigan, Jerry. That'll never go away. Right, yeah. right. When you, uh, <laughs> when you quarterback the Seminoles, so your rival be what, the Gators, right? Well, we had two, and it's kind of interesting because we were, you know, Miami did not play both, Florida did not play both, but we played both the other uh, states in the state of Florida, and I would describe them this way. And so I, mean, I don't know if it's this way with Michigan, Michigan State, because clearly it's not the same. Uh, you know, Ohio State and another team, you know, Notre Dame, I know it's not a long-held rival, but that's a big game between two blue bloods of college football. But with us, with Miami, it was more, there were both of them you hated your rival, but there was more of a respect for the Miami Hurricanes because they had so much success. They had five national championships. Like, you looked at them and you're like, oh, this is a very serious rivalry. They talk a lot of trash, but they can back it up. For us, the hatred with the Florida Gators was much more <laughs> significant because they hadn't done anything yet. They were sort of, they were closer to us in far as regionally. They were only about a two hour drive. So a lot of times you'd hang out. Well, they always came to Tallahassee because we had more fun and we had better looking girls. And we always <laughs> had that as well. But that one just held a little bit more hatred to it. 
So even within like multiple rivalries, there's always sort of some unique angles that make them a little bit different than just, you know, than the same as one another. Danny Cannell's with us, courtesy of uh, betonline.net. You can get in Heisman uh, playoffs and not this weekend's games. Hey, uh, from an outside view, and I'm not going to get into the Michigan thing. I think we know what happened. More's coming out and who knows what the NCAA is going to do. You can't predict that. Are you surprised, though, from the outside looking in the reaction of the Michigan media, the fans, the president? It's all denial. We knew. It, I just think it's weird how they're handling it. I could not agree more. Like, if I see Desmond Howard on the set, you know, trying to really emphasize alleged. Like, I mean, he like every time he talks about <laughs> Michigan, he said alleged, alleged signs. I'm like. Have you not seen the videos? Yes. Have you seen the printed receipts? We've got tickets bought. Like, we've got video of people with cell phones. Like, there is no alleged. These, this is proof of what was happening. Now, if you want to say you alleged how much it mattered, I could maybe understand that. But we really need to step away from using alleged like they didn't do anything. And then to embrace it, the optics of Jim Harbaugh calling this America's team and the school president, Santa Ono, almost being proud of the resilience this team because they got caught cheating is really bizarre to me. And not to mention the fact that it seemed like their biggest defense was everybody's doing it. Like that doesn't seem like a worthwhile defense in any court of law. Um, you know, just the same if you got speeding and you got busted, you would not be able to say, well, everybody was speeding. No, you were the one that got busted. And I truly do think this was taking sign stealing to another level that no one else really had. I mean, yes, Everyone's always had some staff members on game day trying to get an edge to try to get those uh, details, even sharing notes if you're talking to other coaches. But to actually have the advanced scouting and going there with, you know, the sole purpose of just trying to get signals and implement them, that is something I don't think has ever transpired. So I've been surprised at Michigan's defense. But, I mean, nothing should surprise us in college football, right? I mean, college fans are delusional. But the thing that's surprising is that it's actually come from the head coach and the administration. But I do think them accepting Jim Harbaugh's, you know, three-game suspension to finish out the season speaks volumes as far as, well, we're going to clear our name. We're going to fight this tooth and nail. They've been awful quiet on that front since they accepted the punch. Now, you could argue with the game this Saturday that the Buckeyes have scouted uh, half a dozen of Michigan's games. Correct. You don't oh, think Urban Meyer's picking up the funk on Monday morning? He's been in Ann Arbor three, four times. He's had the they've had the big noon game. You don't tell me that uh, Urban's not calling Ryan Day on that Monday morning saying, "Here's what they do on third. Here's what I noticed." Oh, sure. Completely different. Completely different. No, it. it's on high def television. The tape. Right. Yeah, but you don't You're have, right. You don't have the signs on high def though. The guy's got the play sheet over his mouth. Correct. And these guys, I mean, the coaching fraternity is very real, which, I mean, again, going back to kind of the Michigan aspect of it, like why, how did Connor Stallions get a pass on Central Michigan sideline? You know, did he, <laughs> yeah. was it Jim McElwain? Yeah, what was that all about? Him, you know, because he was on Jim Harbaugh's staff. We don't know. But I do think there is a massive difference than, you know, sending a, an employee to go do that specifically versus, you know, Urban or any other coach that has already played your opponent like saying, hey, what did you glean from that game? Because that I'll, I'll even go back to high school. Like I played in a high school division, and my high school coaches reached out to other you know, high school opponents we had played 
and said, hey, we're playing in the state championship game. What can you tell us on this opponent? Like that is common practice that has taken place a long, long, yeah. long time in college football, asking your former assistants or former colleagues, hey, what did you see work? Like, what do you think I can do to help me win this game? That is perfectly normal. But sending the guy out there with cameras <laughs> and a very sophisticated system, I do think it's comparing apples to oranges. <laughs> hey, hey, let's talk about the game. Danny Cannell's with yeah. us and the website betonline.net. Uh, and, and you see Danny on TV, and he's done tons of stuff. So with Kyle McCord, and yeah. you know the fan base here, they can be critical, and he's had some rough patches, good patches. I think this guy's peaking at the right time. As long as he doesn't screw it up, I think they got a really good shot. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I, you, I mean, he's got the best offensive weapon, you know, maybe in all college football with Marvin Harrison Jr., and I was actually in Columbus for the Penn State game and if you don't have Marvin Harrison, that game could look completely different, you know. Yep. But, of course, you do have him, and he took over that game much very similarly to what you could see with the game that unfolds. I mean, for Kyle McCord, he did not have the luxury that J.J. McCarthy has had not one year but two years in a row. If you remember last year, their schedule was a cakewalk early, too, so much so they played two quarterbacks the first four games, allowed him really to ease into that schedule when Kyle McCord was thrust into action, remember, he had to go to Indiana. And I know you could laugh and say, well, Indiana's not that tough of an opponent. But week one, you're in a, a Big Ten road game against a conference opponent. Yeah. That's quite different than a group of five opponent that's not very good. And he had to struggle through that one. Then again, early this, you know, early this season, they did go to South Bend and took on Notre Dame, who's a very, very tough opponent. And I think you mentioned, you know, peaking at the right time. The other thing he's had going for him is that, you know, the opponents have gotten easier, which has allowed him to do things that J.J. McCarthy was doing earlier in the season when he was facing the same opponent. So confidence is such a huge part in playing the quarterback position. You mentioned whether it's, you know, confidence due to the competition, confidence for whatever reason, it is a real thing. And he's been able to build some really solid building blocks, whether it was the second half versus Rutgers, Michigan State or Minnesota, all of a sudden, he's starting to what looks like figures thing out, and he's going to need every bit of that going on the road to try to beat this, you know, this seemingly insurmountable mountain for, you know, the third time they've been trying to get past this hump. If they can do it this time, Kyle McCord's going to have to play a clean game. Heck, if he beats Michigan this time, he'll be working in this town forever. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, it, and that is, I mean, and we'll I have him on in two is, years. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's a part of the territory, though, because. You know, you're the you're the quarterback at Ohio State. It, the expectations come with it, but he's already surprised. Like C.J. Stroud had two losses his first year starting. That's the one thing I think has been most impressive. Like a lot of times, a first year starter will have that massive mistake that he makes on a big stage. He's been able to avoid that. While it hasn't been the prettiest, you know, in the stack column, putting up gaudy numbers that you know you've got accustomed to being an Ohio State Buckeye fan, he hasn't lost, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, who do you like? So I'm torn on this one. I'm going to go, I'm going to lean towards Ohio state. Three and a half is a big number. I do think this is a field goal game. As long as it's over that critical number, I'll back the Buckeyes on the road. You know, you mentioned the two aspects. I'm really curious to know where JJ McCarthy's confidence is in because, and I don't know if he's banged up too. I know there's a lot of Michigan fans and there's been some reports that he's been banged up. We did not see him throw it in the second half against Penn state. And I was that, was that Sharon Moore trying to make the case for more physical or, was it Sharon Moore saying, man, our quarterback might be impacted. Let's just run it and get out of here with a win. No, that was and that pass it, rush at Penn State. They, they, yeah. He had no time in the first half, so they just, yeah. Right. 
Right. So it could have been that, too. And then he did not look great this past weekend against Maryland. He did have a costly interception that in the red zone the play before that he threw to should have thrown an interception that was not, you know, that was not capitalized on. He missed an open receiver for a closeout touchdown. So he comes in a little bit vulnerable, I guess I'll say, or like I'm not quite as confident in him, which is kind of crazy. You know, Kyle McCord, beginning of the season, who has the quarterback edge, I still give it to J.J. because he's at home. But, man, I just, I'm curious to know where his, where his um, you know, psyche is. Both defenses, I give the edge to Michigan's defense, but Ohio State's mis- uh, defense this year has proven very worthy. The game they saw against you know, Penn State, again, their you know, toughest opponent, they were really good. Same thing with uh, Notre Dame on the road. Kept them in that game, allowed them to get that game-winning drive. So I'll give the slight edge to Ohio State, although I do think this is a field goal game. All right, Danny, we're going to go on. Uh, Good so stuff. Who you, yeah, betonline.net. What do you like, Bo Nix for Heisman? You know, I, I never like to go with the favorite because it's only one place to go down. He still has a rivalry game this weekend against Oregon State and the Pac-12 championship game. He looks like he's almost going to be there. Keep an eye on Jaden Daniels at LSU. He's Statistically, he's doing better than Burrow did when Joe Burrow won in 2019. He has put this team on his back, and I know losses usually keep you out of it, but you have to do something special. He has been that special, including the first quarterback in the history of college football who's thrown for 350 and rushed for 200 in one game, which he did against the Florida Gators a couple weeks ago. From a value perspective, I like him or even potentially Carson Beck, the quarterback at Georgia, who's completely flying under the radar. He still has the game versus Bama, which – Sometimes it does come down to MVP of conference championship weekend, which I don't like. But Carson Beck could be that guy if the others stumble ahead of him. Hot take. I like it. Yes. Great job, Danny. Appreciate you coming on. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Right, take care.